there definitely aren't a lot of sci-fi movies about benevolent species coming to us and going, let us help mankind. It's usually like, die, humans. And yet we send them directions and here's our <laughs> DNA so you know how to defeat us. Yeah. To serve man, it's a cookbook. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Super Sci-Fi Party, the podcast where we only talk about fun sci-fi. My name is Todd K. And with me, as always, is my brother, my partner in crime, my roommate, Scott K. Say hello, Scott. Hello, Scott. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about the 2015 movie Pixels. But before we get to that, as always, it's the Super Sci-Fi Party community calendar. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about absolutely nothing again, because we have nothing on the community calendar. Most sci-fi events and uh, projects have been canceled due to the COVID pandemic, um, so we have nothing to talk about. But are you releasing an independent sci-fi related project? Maybe an independent sci-fi book, video, event, movie, or any other project? Drop us a line at party at com. Remember, sci-fi is hyphenated, so it's party at supersci-fiparty.com. Let us know about your independent sci-fi related project, and maybe we'll mention it on the Super Sci-Fi Party community calendar. All right, as I mentioned earlier this week, we are talking about Pixels, which was released on July 24th, 2015 in the United States. The main filming location was Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The movie was directed by Chris Columbus, and it starred Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Michelle Monaghan, Josh Gad, and Peter Dinklage. Pixels is the ninth film or television series in which Kevin James and Adam Sandler have appeared together. For bonus points, Scott, can you name another? Uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I believe they were firefighters and somehow pretending to be gay and married got them something in the movie, but I forget exactly what. I believe he got them medical benefits. Uh, what else? Uh, zookeeper? Some of these are just like bit roles for Adam Sandler or bit roles for Kevin James. Well, in Pixels, they starred the entire film together. And uh, actually, I think it's one of their one of their better films together with one big caveat, which I'll talk about later. Do you have any others worth mentioning? Uh, Hotel Transylvania, the series where Adam Sandler played Dracula and Kevin James plays Frankenstein. Uh, that would be among one of my favorite Adam Sandler franchises. Okay, the budget for Pixels was $88 million estimated, wow. and the gross in the United States was only $78,747,558, but the cumulative worldwide gross was $244 million. So with, with 78 to make it in a worldwide gross of 
244, they made quite the profit off this movie. Nice. I'd take that profit. <laughs> yeah. I would take one-tenth of one percent of that profit. At a reputed 80 million plus budget, this film is perhaps the most expensive Adam Sandler has ever appeared in. Outside of the uh, animated Hotel Transylvania films, it is the most widely distributed film that he has starred in, thanks in part to its appeal to Chinese and Japanese audiences. (laughs) And apparently the film was also co-financed by a Chinese company. Interesting. The runtime is 105 minutes. As I said before, this film opened in July of 2015. And what else was playing at the time? Yeah, it had some rough competition. Ant-Man with Paul Rudd was out at the time. Trainwreck with Amy Schumer was out. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation with Tom Cruise. And the one I didn't even hear about, Joe Dirt 2, Beautiful Loser with David Spade. They made a part two of Joe Dirt? Apparently so. Why? (laughs) Why? Why? Definitely a why. Anyway, if you haven't seen Pixels, uh, this is where the major spoilers start. The plot of Pixels is two kids who are best friends participate in a worldwide video arcade championship competition in 1982. One of the friends named Sam almost wins the competition but is defeated in the final round. It just so happens that NASA is sending a probe into space and they include a video of the arcade championship. Yeah, why wouldn't they? I mean, you know, when NASA needs to send things into space, they want to send a video of teenagers playing games at an arcade. Fast forward 30 years and the Earth is suddenly attacked by aliens from outer space. It turns out that the alien race viewed the videotape of the 1982 arcade championships and consider it a hostile act. They decide to challenge the Earth to a series of life-or-death competitions based upon the video games they saw in the tape from 1982. The two best friends have grown up, and Sam, who lost the arcade championship, has become a lowly TV installer, while his best friend Will has grown up somehow to become the President of the United States. Of course, we know that's possible for anyone now. (laughs) But this movie was actually made before the last election. Um, The President calls upon his old arcade friends to fight the aliens in their real-world 1980s video game-themed battles with the fate of the Earth hanging in the balance. Seems reasonable. Seems completely plausible. Yeah. 100% realistic. Absolutely. Think it could happen tomorrow. I wish it would. (laughs) It would be the most exciting thing to happen in the year of the lockdown. Very true. Well, maybe not the most exciting, but one of the most exciting. This story is actually an adaption of Patrick John's short film, which depicted popular 80s video game characters attacking New York City, which you can still watch on YouTube today. And we checked it out. And I can see where someone would look at that video and decide to base a film on it. It's very cool. It shows New York City pixelating. It looks like an old video game. For those who don't know, Scott, what is a pixel? A pixel. Well, there's actually two definitions of pixel. One is it is the smallest point on a display, whether it be a TV or a monitor. It is usually just like one dot. Uh, The other side is it's also used in digital cameras. 
on the sensor that records the image. It is also just, again, just the sensor's smallest dot of information that it can pick up. Back in the 1980s, arcade games did not have as many pixels in them as they do now, so they appeared blocky. You could actually see the pixels. You could count the pixels. <laughs> Everything, it kind of looked, uh, for those who weren't old enough to know, it kind of looked like things were built out of blocks, kind of like Minecraft. Yeah. If you're familiar with Minecraft, it looked, all the video games looked like they were created in Minecraft. <laughs> That's yeah. a good way of describing it. Yeah, it is. Anyway, the um, Patrick Jean made a short film uh, in which he showed parts of New York City becoming 1980s pixelated and looking like, essentially looking like Minecraft, and aliens coming down and attacking the buildings, and someone apparently took this and decided to make it into a film. That short was actually very, very well done. The effects were pretty good. I thought the the effects were great, especially for... Just a, a short film uploaded to free for YouTube. Yep. Although I think that also went to a film festival or two, if I recall. Cool. What did you think of this movie overall? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, definitely a thumbs up for me, but obviously this is the kind of stuff that I like. <laughs> well, I liked it from my own perspective with one big caveat. Hmm. I think this movie relies... on nostalgia. True. If you were from the era where you grew up with and loved classic 1980s video games, then this movie hits all kinds of nostalgia notes throughout the entire runtime. But uh, if you were not from that era and you don't love classic 1980s video games, I could see where it would fall flat. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. That's fair assessment. A lot of the animations wouldn't look good to you, and you'd wonder if the special effects were bad because they were so blocky and things, it wouldn't translate. I just really wonder if there are many people who are not around in the 80s or 90s who actually think this is a good film. Mm, Apparently more so overseas than in America. Yeah. (laughs) Let us know. Did you like Pixels? Are you a youngster who, who missed the 80s era but still think this is a cool film? Uh, Give us a shout at our socials and let us know. I'd be interested to tell. But from what I could tell, the big, the whole movie is is set up around nostalgia. It's around, there's music from the 80s and cultural references from the 80s and stars from the 80s represented. And of course, video games from the 80s is the whole theme. For me, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was really fun. It was just a lighthearted, dumb, fun movie. Great fun sci-fi, but I really wonder if you didn't have the nostalgia factor, if you would like it as much. There are a lot of things in the movie that uh, don't necessarily make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Starting with the Worldwide Video Arcade Championship Competition in 1982. (laughs) True. I don't recall there being any Worldwide Video Arcade Championship competitions. No, no, I don't remember that either. Not that early anyways. No, not in 1982. No. And it appeared to be, it appeared in the film like it was being held in some local arcade. And they made a big hoopla, but I just don't remember arcade championships being a huge thing then, with the exception of the movie The Wizard starring Fred Savage. But that was a little bit later, and that featured Nintendo Championship. That's true. This was a little bit earlier. I just don't know if that was very realistic. It was hilarious. 
And of course, there were uh, what appeared to be arcade championship groupies who were <laughs> hanging out with Peter Dinklage and um, local television coverage or worldwide television coverage. It's not exactly sure. Um, but I just don't know. It's not terribly realistic, but it is fun. Um, the concept of NASA wanting to shoot it into space, there were, in fact, two probes. I think Voyager 1 and 2. Hmm. And they sent actual information about the human race out into the galaxy beyond our solar system. I know there is um, a DNA sequence, a strand of DNA. There are some sound recordings on like a record, not vinyl, but it's actually but played like a vinyl record. I don't know where the aliens are going to get their needles, but... Yep, and they have a really cool drawing. I think it's a Da Vinci drawing of a human and its range of motion, but if you look at it, it kind of looks like we have six arms and six legs. Hey, maybe by the time they get here, we will. Yeah. I've never been really comfortable with the concept of us sending information about the human race out into space. Being a sci-fi junkie, of course, I do believe aliens exist out there somewhere. How about you? Absolutely. I don't know that they have ever visited the planet yet, but I believe they're out there. Um, I don't know. Oh, there's also directions on how to get to Earth. There's a picture of the solar system with an <laughs> arrow pointing to the planet that we're at. And uh, it seems to me, I mean, bef- long before this movie ever came out, I remember having conversations about, uh, okay, so we're sending information about our DNA strands and what we look like and what, all the information about us that the aliens need and then a direct map about how to find us. <laughs> We're kind of assuming that they're going to have kind intent. Well, we're hoping at the very least. Yeah, I'm like, well, apparently um, the scientists, you know, they always say scientists are inspired by science fiction. Um, Apparently they haven't watched enough science fiction. Like War of the Worlds, uh, Invasion from Mars. Trying to think is that there have been very few movies where the aliens who came down were like peaceful and helped out all of humanity. I'm trying trying to think if there's ever been one. I mean, contact. They were kind of indifferent. They were willing to meet, but they didn't actually help us at that point. That's true. They just they were like, oh, we'll send one person on an intergalactic roller coaster ride and everyone else yeah. can wait. Um what was the series? Uh the aliens, half the aliens. Actually there's oh. been a couple series. Alien Nation. Where some of the aliens were good and some of the aliens were bad. Yeah, that um, seems realistic, though. Going back to V, I guess they were mostly bad. They were definitely bad. Yeah. It seems like there might have been one good one. There definitely aren't a lot of sci-fi movies about benevolent species coming to us and going, let us help mankind. It's usually like, die, humans. And yet we send them directions and here's our <laughs> DNA so you know how to defeat us. Yeah. To serve man, it's a cookbook. <laughs> oh, what was the Simpsons version? Simpsons, yep. It was the same. No, that that was the Simpsons version. Was to serve man. Well, that was that's the original version as well. Is to serve man ended up being a cookbook. So anyway, um, I understand they were riffing off the concept of when we actually sent this information into space. And I know I'm not sure if both probes still. Are operational, but I know at least one of them was a couple years ago, last time I looked into it, and it had actually left the solar system 
and have moved out into farther into the galaxy. Of course, the, uh, the fears that I have about what could possibly happen to that information is kind of riffed on in this movie, but in the most hilarious way possible because the aliens find the information, but they're confused by it and they think it's a challenge that the humans are challenging the alien race. And then they decide to make the Wade challenge and battle against each other. They just, they design it to look like the tapes of the video games that were sent up and thus the whole plot of the movie. So when the aliens show up to attack earth, it is in the form of 1980s arcade games. Also, each of the uh, competitions are announced by, I guess we would call them deep fake videos today. Uh, deep fake videos of personalities from the 80s that the aliens were speaking through. So they would announce that, oh, the battle's here, you must win, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And again, if you weren't from the 80s, the nostalgia factor doesn't kick in. You might not even know who the heck they're talking about or who was talking. <laughs> do the kids do the kids all know the where's the beef lady? She's well, referenced, but I, uh, for those of you who missed it, where's the beef? Was a commercial for Wendy's? Wendy's, yes. Which is still around today, Wendy's fast food restaurant. Uh, and there was a senior lady <laughs> who, who, would, who would stand by at uh, other, other fast food restaurants and simply go, where's the beef? That was, that was a terrible where's the beef lady impersonation. It was, but it gets the point across. I mean, just to get this out there, there were t-shirts, hats. Bumper stickers. For a brief time in the 80s, it became a cultural phenomenon. Uh, this senior lady um, <laughs> belting out, screaming out, where's the beef at people? Uh, believe it or not, that was high entertainment. <laughs> For a brief time in the 80s, it was a total fad. Nice. Um, and the point was, of course, that other restaurants didn't have enough beef in their burgers, but Wendy's did somehow. Now I'm getting hungry. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, where is the beef exactly? Mm. It's in the refrigerator waiting to be cooked. So you're saying they don't deliver, huh? Uh, not out here. Mm. The middle of the ancient forest. <laughs> Although we are more likely to see aliens if they ever should arrive, because they always seem to show up in the middle of nowhere. That's true. I could see where if you were not nostalgic for this film at all, that you might just find it... Uh, Dumb. <laughs> I'll just say it. Um, I think it's a really great work of nostalgia hitting all the of a modern movie that makes you feel very nostalgic, that puts a modern twist on things and takes our old 8-bit 2D video games and puts them into a three-dimensional world. And in this film, they're interposed with real life. And, and I really like the special effects, man. They... They they took the old concept, added a slightly new twist to it. Like all the pixels were actually big cubes of light that you could see individually. Well, see, good. I agree with you that it's very cool. But I remember at the time this movie came out, reading some reviews where people completely slammed the special Ooh. effects, and I wondered if it was reviewers who were not around when those games were popular. I think to the sensibilities of a later generation, I think it looked too shiny, too blocky, not realistic enough. Um, if you didn't understand the old games and what they looked like and how they were blocky, and they were pixelated, I think 
Uh, if you didn't know that, I could see where you would mistakenly think that the special effects were bad. But if you do remember the 2D versions of the games, um, the 3D versions are quite spectacular. I totally agree. I loved the glowing pixels. I love the way they shattered when they're attacked. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, if we're rolling into things we love, let's talk about our top three most fun things in pixels. Um, I'm going to let you go first this time. Tell me what your third most fun thing in pixels was, uh, according to the opinion of good old Scott K. Hey, what other opinion matters? Uh, well, <laughs> besides mind. yours, of course. No, for me, uh, in the number three spot would actually be the intro right before the video game competition. Uh, and it was mainly because it was just a huge nostalgia trip. They did a great job of rebuilding an old arcade. So, I mean, they were flying by some of my favorite games at the time, like Pac-Man, Galaga, Qbert. It was just awesome. But it was a huge nostalgia trip. Yeah, anytime someone shows a decently accurate representation of an arcade from the 80s, it always hits me right in the feels, as the kids say. Yep. Or the kids of 10 years ago said. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the nostalgia factor was huge right from the, from the very first scene in the movie. What about your number two? Tell us about your number two. <laughs> Just don't be too graphic. All right. The number two involves Kevin James as the president having lunch with Adam Sandler in a diner. And mainly it's because the, the way they presented it, you were just shown this diner. There's sec secret service people. It's all blocked off. And you're kind of like, what's going on? And then you, you get in the diner. And it's just, you know, the president hanging out with his old childhood friend, having a burger and fries. And I just love that concept. Indeed, indeed. All right. So what was your number one most fun thing in Pixels? Uh, honestly, it was probably the end battle against Donkey Kong. It was taking place inside of a Galaga ship. I mean, <laughs> and Galaga, of course, is your favorite Definitely one of my, yeah, probably in the top favorites there. At least of, as far as arcade games go. Absolutely. You've always been Galaga and I've always been Defender. Ah, Defender. That's a good game too, though. Yeah, I actually like them both. And um, it seems like now that the only arcades, uh, video game arcades that still exist are the kind that have redemption tickets. True. Or, well, they give you credits, redemption, redemption credits on cards that you can use to turn in for prizes. And it seems like someone made yes. a remake of Galaga a few years ago that actually was turned into a giant redemption game. There was that. Uh, the flashier version that was kind of more exciting was actually a remake of Space Invaders, I think. Yep, they had that as well. But yeah, when we say giant, we mean... Geez, seven, eight feet tall on the screens and bright as all get out. Uh, and you could actually win redemption credits to go on your car to take to the redemption center so that you could uh, turn in the equivalent of $200 worth of points to get a stuffed Pac-Man that costs $10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's right. But you know what? I love them. I'm not going to lie. I miss the old arcades with the old games or games that you just play for fun. But I do also love Redemption Arcades. Um, the first time I ever saw one was back at Showbiz Pizza. Ooh, throwback. Which was, I think, bought out by Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. Um, it was basically the same concept, except better. It, did, it didn't have Chucky, so it was better. <laughs> well, again, it was also the first one we were exposed to. That's also true. It did have the animatronic band. Uh, yes. Without Chucky. I'm trying to remember the name of the electron- animatronic band. Ooh, I don't remember the name. I know Billy Bob was the lead singer. It was like something phonic explosion. Rockaphonic explosion, something along those lines. Anyway, that was the first place that I remember seeing a Redemption arcade where you could actually turn in tickets for cash, or tickets for prizes, I mean. Um, Because back in the day, you would actually get a physical ticket as opposed to having points put on your card. There were no cards. Yep, they were the Rockafire explosion. Rockafire explosion. There's actually uh, an entire documentary about rock of fire explosion out there on youtube if you can find it uh just google or just youtube rock of fire explosion and there's a guy who actually liked that animatronic band so much that he bought them and set them up in his basement <laughs> that is awesome it is, is super very awesome it's awesome they it's a little creepy in the film but it's still yeah i think it's awesome because i used to love that place but um so your number one what was the, the final battle, the Donkey Kong battle? What was the Donkey Kong? I don't know that they made a giant Donkey Kong remake yet. Some, somebody needs to. No. Uh, we're going to move along to my top three most fun things in Pixels. Uh, number three was the arcade competition. Uh, very similar to what you said. Um, but what I liked the most about it was the overblown nature <laughs> of the 1980s arcade championship, complete with TV coverage and groupies. True, true. I thought it was kind of crazy. Um, actually, in the arcade competition, Peter Dinklage won the competition. And the supposed young, not Peter Dinklage, but the character Peter Dinklage played won the competition. And the younger version of that character, of course, shows up for the 1982 championship. Uh, and he has groupies with him. Um, I don't recall... All the times being at arcades in the 80s and being really good and having first place on certain cabinets. I don't recall ever having an arcade groupie. Do you? (laughs) Nope. I definitely never had an arcade groupie. I don't recall any girls talking to me at the arcade, period. I don't remember a lot of girls being at the arcade. I suppose there were some. There were definitely some. Yeah, there had to be. But they uh, definitely did not want to talk to me. Seems like they were far more into the redemption games, the ski ball and whatnot. Well, we wanted the fighting action video games. It was a little different then. It's not like now where you could go online and 12-year-old girl could chop your head off in a video game as easily as any man could possibly do it. Very true. Back then, it was a little more divided. Although I bet there were exceptions to that rule even back then. Um. Well, back then, head-to-head games were more about the score, not necessarily beating each other. That is true. That is true. Anyway, I don't require ex- exactly any um, 
any arcade championship groupies, sadly. So I I enjoyed the overblown nature of the competition. That was my third most fun thing in Pixels. My second most fun thing in Pixels was uh, same as yours, Kevin James as the president. The the movie was shot in 2014, so it was before we found out TV personalities could actually be elected to the office president. <laughs> Although we did have movie star Reagan, true, was elected. Um, I think just the whole idea of Kevin James as president was funny to me. For those of you of you who don't know Kevin James, uh, he's from he started in the TV show King of Queens. Yep. If that helps you visualize who he is. Uh, he was also Paul Blart Mall Cop. So going from Mall Cop to the President of the United States was hilarious in and of itself. True. And the fact that they made him presidential, but then still the fun, crazy, dorky guy that he was in the 80s. Yes. Um, it was kind of fun, actually. Oh, I never, and they made everyone absolutely hate his guts. <laughs> See, this movie saw into the future a little bit more than we thought it did. He was out on the street and people were screaming at him, we hate you. <laughs> He's like, thank you. Thanks, everyone. Hope you have a good day. Uh, so that was my number two. My number one most fun thing from Pixels was, of course, the 3D real world arcade classics. Uh, I know there are people who knocked the special effects in the movie, but I really liked the 3D versions of the arcade games and characters, as I've mentioned before. Um, total nostalgia. I don't know if you didn't have that nostalgia factor, if it would hit you quite as well. But that was um, the number one thing I liked about it. It was just the whole fact that they brought old arcade games to life in the real world. And, of course, they battled them. <laughs> um, the idea of Adam Sandler uh, fighting video games is somewhat hilarious. Um, a quote from his his character was, I'm just a loser who's good at old video games. <laughs> that could pretty much be the tagline for the movie. Yeah. Oh, it's time to pop a cold one. <laughs> ah. And yes, that was the top of a water bottle. We're terribly exciting. You would, you would expect hard whiskey for a sci-fi podcast. Oh, yeah. No, 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 you wouldn't. Um, besides the top three things that I liked in this movie, uh, there were other things that I enjoyed. Um, Peter Dinklage. Actually, I'm kind of split on Peter Dinklage. If, if you really fell in love with the dramatic acting of Peter Dinklage in Game of Thrones, and you need a way to help regain some perspective to help you remember that he's just a regular actor again, uh, this is the movie for you. <laughs> To be fair, his whole character was paper thin. He was basically a one-joke character. Um, so he didn't have a lot to work with. True. Any thoughts on Dinklage in this film? Sadly, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he, he did get his dream at the end, which was a kind of funny dream. It was, but, you know, that wasn't really anything to do with his acting. It was just a, nope. a funny story plotline. Now, like you said, they didn't give him a whole lot to work with there. I mean, obviously, he's a great actor, but in this movie, uh, if you want to see a great actor given a terrible role, <laughs> this, <laughs> might, this might be the film for you. There were a couple times where, where I cracked a smile, but more often I was just looking at him going, oh, why did you do this to poor Peter Dinklage? Or yeah. I, not poor Peter Dinklage, probably extremely yeah, rich, poor, but... rich, famous, and um, loved by fans and 
people he works with alike, Peter Dinklage. But uh, it just it's a little bit cringe seeing him in a role like this. Well, they did make him a pseudo bad guy in the movie. That they did. An anti-hero, I guess. Uh, if we're if we're rolling into things we didn't like about the movie, um, there was a scene where Pac-Man was chasing Mini Coopers, which are a type of automobile, a little tiny car. Um, in the original 1980s classic Pac-Man game, Pac-Man chased ghosts. So it was bothering me that this was the ultimate in product placement. Yeah. They weren't ghosts. They were Mini Cooper cars. Um, if a giant Pac-Man was going to chase something, it should have been shaped like a ghost, whatever it was, even if it was a car shaped like a ghost or even vans with ghosts painted on the side, something. There was not even a ghost on the Mini Cooper. Or, you know, given the level of technology we seem to have, maybe a ghost projection from the roof. I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. They, they just straight up, it was straight up product placement. Uh, you could tell they paid for sponsorship in the movie. Um, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense at all. It was an okay section. It was a bit exciting when they were chasing the Mini Coopers, but it just didn't. I'm like, why is Pac-Man chasing Mini Coopers? Let's see. The giant Pac-Man, in my opinion, was well done. The chase scene was fun, but it would have been so much better if they would have had ghosts. Uh, definitely, I agree with definitely. that. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the um, in the program that they were using pop culture personalities as a way to communicate with the people of Earth, uh, which is fun if you know who they are. Uh, we mentioned the Where's the Beef Lady. There's also Madonna, who was a famous singer. Can you name any more? Uh, they had Ronald Reagan, I think. Some of the MTV VJs, Adam something or other. I think it's Adam Curry. Yes. Who was the original host of Headbangers Ball before they kicked him out for someone whose name I'm not remembering. And I apologize. But, um, and this is not something that was a negative. We're, we're beyond the negatives now. One of the pop culture personalities that appeared was Max Headroom. Max Headroom was from the 1980s, and it was a character who was on a television show. Actually, it was a sci-fi TV show in the 80s called Max Headroom. And Max was supposed to be computer-generated. It was like the upper half of a person, as if he was appearing on television. And he was supposed to be computer-generated, but the technology at the time really wasn't good enough to have you could have a computer generated character but it wouldn't have been able to wisecrack and move and talk as fluidly and as quickly as the actor did so they kind of faked it is that a good way to put it scott yeah yeah i think so i uh, mean they, they either faked it or maybe it was the earliest version of motion capture uh, well when i was when i was going through notes and looking up information about this movie it turns out uh, matt frewer is the original max headroom and he was also in pixels it was the first appearance of max headroom since 2007 when he appeared in channel 4 commercials promoting their switch to digital broadcast nice uh, max was always presented as a computer generated character but was always portrayed by frewer wearing makeup uh, but this movie marks the first time Max Hedrum was an actual computer generator character. Nice. So that was something I didn't know watching the film. But um, again, 
if you know who Max Hedrum is and you have nostalgic feelings about him, then you might think it's cool. And if you don't, I really think it's all about nostalgia. All right, speaking of something that was presented as nostalgia but was actually something else, there's a character called Lady Lisa who is supposed to be a retro video game character from the 80s. She's a beautiful ninja warrior woman. And Josh Gad, his character is obsessed with her throughout the movie. And at the end, she appears in pixelated game version and then turns into a real woman. And Josh Gad freaks out. And it's kind of the secondary love interest in the movie, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that that game was not actually retro. There's little... Little purple ninjas attacking a bus when Lady Lisa appears, and it turns out it's all from a new retro-styled video game called Dojo Quest, which was created as a tie-in for the movie. Wow. So it's kind of fake nostalgia, which I think is really weird. Yeah, I mean, having lived through the era, I didn't remember Dojo Quest. I I figured they had just made it up for the movie is that plot line but i didn't realize it was an actual game you could go play yeah or lady lisa i certainly would have remembered but it didn't yeah it didn't make sense to me and i don't know why they would it was a it was an all new retro style game called dojo quest that was created specifically for the movie i'm not sure why they did that since it was a big plot line towards the end of the film when lady lisa comes to life and then loses life then comes back to life the whole thing yeah and she's the only one of the aliens that gets full res i guess uh, full resolution yeah 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 it was it was a little bit shoehorned into the movie i think is a good way to say it maybe it was in josh's contract uh. <laughs> yeah yeah he, he was lucky in this film moving along like we always do we're going to talk about Pixels merch. Mm. Um, here's the thing. As far as I could tell through researching, Pixels did not have and does not have a lot of merch. Bummer. Curiously, almost none. Like you look around for it, you can find some of the original motion picture posters, but there is not much merch to find. Um, I did find a couple cool things on Etsy. Um, there's a paper, there's a paper Donkey Kong mask, a full head paper Donkey Kong mask that they released, uh, advertising as being a tie-in with pixels. Um, I don't know if you actually can buy it or if you have to assemble it. Uh, I'm not sure, but we'll put the links for that up on super sci-fi party.com where you'll be able to find all the notes from the show. Um, we always have our merch listed from whatever um, movie, TV show, or event that we're talking about that week. So look for that on SuperSciFiParty.com. Remember, sci-fi is hyphenated. And you'll be able to find the paper Donkey Kong mask. I also found uh, there was a t-shirt on Etsy that said 1982 Worldwide Video Game Championships. <laughs> cool. I thought that was pretty freaking cool because there was no 1982 Worldwide Video Game Championships. So. But uh, I couldn't find pixel shirts, nothing. There were some movie posters, and then these two things were the coolest things I found. So not a lot of merch for pixels, and I'm not sure why. I guess you could go play, you could go try to find the game Dojo Quest. Hmm. 
that we were just speaking of, but there was just simply not a lot of merch to go around for Pixels. I wonder if it has to do with licensing issues since they were all existing properties owned by other companies. Midway in particular. That would make a lot of sense. I wonder if um, Ready Player One had the same kind of problem. Ooh. Yeah, I bet it would. Can you imagine getting, I mean, doing doing pixels would be difficult to track down the licenses from all the different video game companies, especially the retro ones that are out of business now, finding out who the new owners of the copyrights are. But can you imagine doing Ready Player One? Man, that would be insane. Even just one scene would be hundreds of them. If you were, if you were the guy that had to track it down. Wow. So anyway, a little bit of a shorter episode this week, ladies and gentlemen. That was Pixels. Yay. Woo! We hope you enjoyed it. Give us a shout. Let us know if you have any thoughts about it on our socials. We'd be happy to hear from you. You can also email us at party at super sci-fi party.com. That's party at super sci-fi party.com. Drop us a line. Let us know what you liked or didn't like about the film. Uh, hit us up on our socials. If you want to tell us how terrible it was, <laughs> or if you want to tell us how great it was, let us know what your opinion is. Um, I'd especially be happy to hear from anyone who is not around in the eighties <laughs> just to see what the movie was like for you without the nostalgia factor. Cause for me, it was a hundred percent nostalgia. Yep. I'm wondering what it would be like for someone who wasn't there. So let us know. And we will talk to you once again soon. All right. I think we're going to wrap this one up a little early this week. I am Todd K. And I am Scott K. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Super Sci-Fi Party. The only sci-fi party cast exclusively about fun sci-fi. If you want to check out our notes for the episode, check them out over at SuperSciFiParty.com. That's super sci hyphen party.com. You can check out all the notes from the episode and learn more about the show. All right, that wraps it up for us. Have a good one. And remember, science fiction is only fiction until someone makes it into science fact. Have a good one. <laughs> See ya.